you ever wanted God to do something but realized you couldn't make him do it? You realized in the long run that his will and his way are the best, even if you are willing for something else. Well, though God is sovereign and we are not ultimately in control of God's actions, God has promised in his word that we can bring him to action if we meet certain conditions. In each case, we must do something to set God into motion. And this is what I like to refer to as the cause and effect principle. The principle of cause and effect states that for every effect, there is a cause, and for every cause, there is an effect. Cause and effect refers to the philosophical concept of causality, in which an action or event will produce a certain response to the action in the form of another event. In essence, cause and effect are an action-reaction combination. The cause is the reason something happens, and the effect is what happens as a result. With that being said, I would like to continue our talk concerning expectations using the subject, expect the great. Greater expectations. It is time for us to take on a new attitude, a new outlook, a new perspective on things. And the only way you can accomplish this, you've got to raise your level of expectation. God is saying to us that we've got to take the limits off of him and expect the great because greater is coming. You see, our expectation limits what we receive from God. When you take the limits off, you can expect the ridiculous blessing. You can expect the miracle. You can expect the deliverance. You can expect victory. Somebody needs to get excited about this this morning. The cause is taking the limits off. And when you begin to do that, God wants you to know that you will set God in motion, which is the effect. You have just given God permission to show up and show out. Expect the great. There are no limitations when you expect the great. Does anybody have great expectations this morning? Amen. Before I delve into the text, I want to set the stage regarding this word expect so that you will have a better understanding of how it relates to cause and effect as well as regarding the points 
that I'm going to bring out in the text. Expect implies a high degree of certainty and usually involves the idea of preparing and or envisioning. Expect is also found in the word expectations. The word expectation means looking forward to, anticipation, a prospect of future success, to await, to watch. You see, when you live in expectancy, you begin to prepare and or envision that very thing that you're expecting. So it's time to start preparing for greater, no matter what. When I expand my expectation, I am enlarging my anticipation. And when I enlarge my anticipation, I'm setting up an atmosphere (coughs) for God to perform the miraculous, the principle of cause and effect. Expect the great. One principle that I try to live by is don't let my circumstances dictate my destiny. This has become my mantra. Don't let my circumstances dictate my destiny. However, I must admit that this is a hard thing to do. But if you can learn how to live in a state of expectancy, you will begin to see how much power you have over your circumstances. And I've come to reaffirm that God is ready to do a new thing in the lives of the believers. But it is contingent upon you living in the state of expectancy and not according to your circumstance. You must expect the great. You see, God is saying, how can I do a new thing if you're not expecting a new thing? How can I bless you if you're not expecting a blessing? So we've got to learn how to live in a state of expectancy. (coughs) Expectations can be a powerful tool in the natural as well as in the spiritual. And I want you to know that this tool can also be used in the negative as well as the positive. But that's all up to you. If you are expecting negatively, then the outcome will be just what you expected. Remember, the principle of cause and effect as I shared this story with you. There was a French scientist who did an experiment on perception. They took a prisoner that had been sentenced to life in prison. They strapped him to a coal board and they put blindfolds on his eyes. So I want you to just imagine all of this. They told him that they were going to slit his wrists. Now, they didn't really slit his wrists. Instead, they ran a sharp 
object across his wrist and almost immediately at the same time they began to pour warm water on his hands. Now let's get into the head of the prisoner. Can you imagine what his expectations in this situation are? His expectations are based on the circumstances of his situation. All he knows is that he's been told, we're going to slit your wrist. He felt the sharp object on his wrist and he feels the warm water pouring on his hands. So what is the expected outcome of slit wrist? The prisoner became so frozen by fear to the point that within one hour, he was dead. Why did he die? His wrists were not cut. He did not shed any blood. And yet, he thought himself to death. In this story, the prisoner let his circumstances dictate his destiny. The cause was that he based his expectation on what he was told. And the effect was death. He accepted the expected outcome. Remember, I told you that when you expect something, you start preparing and or envisioning the expected. Therefore, this prisoner expected to die and thought himself to death even though nothing killed him. So I've come to let you know this morning that you can live life with such negativity that you begin to think death into your own life. That's the power of expectations. It is imperative that you don't let your circumstances dictate your destiny. When you look at the word circumstance, you will find the word circum, which literally means around. Circum means around. Also, you'll find the word stance, which means a way of standing. So circumstances are the things that are standing around you. And you can let those things that are standing around you get inside of you. And that's exactly what the prisoner did. He allowed his circumstances, the very thing that was standing around him, to get inside of him. Now watch this. In actuality, it wasn't the things going on around him that killed him. It was the stuff that was going on inside of him about what he thought was happening around him. He ended up experiencing exactly what he was looking for. What was going on around him got into his head, and when it got into his head, it stopped 
his heart. If you're not careful, you can set yourself up to receive the negativity if you don't have the right thing going on on the inside. What determines and depicts your disposition is not always the context of the environment you find yourself in. But what determines and depicts your disposition is what you have going on on the inside, which can help you bring proper definition to the stuff that is going on on the outside of you. In other words, we must understand that life is not about what happens to you or even around you, but life is about what happens in you. If you have the right things going on on the inside, you can handle whatever's happening on the outside. That's why the Bible tells us that we must not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. You can let something or somebody get so much in your head that it takes your heart. And when it takes your heart, you lose your heart. And then you find yourself walking around like a defeated corpus because your dysfunctional mentality has just shaped your reality. We must know who is in control and who holds our future. No matter what is going on around you, I know it's tough, but don't let those circumstances, those things that are standing around you get in you. Whatever gets in you will consume you. Live in expectancy. You must know that you know that God is in control and expect God to move on your behalf. I expect God to provide for me, for he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I expect God to bring healing for me, for he is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. I expect God to give me peace, for he is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. I expect God to fight my battles. For he is Jehovah Nisi, my banner. When you live in expectancy, when you learn to expect the great, that's when you can stand up and say, I can walk through anything. And it does not matter what it looks like right now because I know I've got something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear this. You got to change your thinking. Positive. Get rid of the negative. So let's quickly take a look at the text. Here we meet a brother named Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. The name Bartimaeus literally means the son of Timaeus or son of uncleanness. We don't know how long he's been blind, but imagine what it must have been like to be blind back in Jesus' day. 
It is certainly not easy now, but it was much harder back then. For back then, they didn't have canes for the blind or seeing-eye dogs. Back then, they didn't have the state office of vocational rehabilitation or a federal a federation for the blind. The blind were forced to beg in the streets. A blind person couldn't work in the fields or work a trade, and no one wanted to take the time to try to teach them. There were no Braille books or tape books. Bartimaeus probably had to depend on others for everything. He begged for money to buy food. He had to trust some friend to keep track of his money for him. He had to rely on someone else to lead him to a street corner to beg and then lead him back home again. Bartimaeus was a prisoner to his blindness. He couldn't leave his house without an escort, and he had to rely on others to meet his daily needs. So when we meet Bartimaeus in the Gospel of Mark, he was doing what he did every day, begging. But this was the high point of the begging season, the Passover was approaching and many pilgrims were coming through Jericho on their way to Jerusalem, only 15 miles away. Religious people on a pilgrimage were generous. So there Bartimaeus sat in darkness begging gifts from strangers. He would call to passerbys, son of Abraham, have mercy on a blind beggar. God blesses those who show mercy to the needy. The God of mercies loved the merciful. He would call blindly into the crowd, hoping someone would hear. On this particular day, Jesus and his disciples were on their way to the Passover, and they were passing through Jericho. Bartimaeus had heard of Jesus, of Jesus' teachings and his healing. So when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was passing by, he began to live in expectancy. He began to expect the great. When you live in expectancy, you begin to prepare and or envision the expected. I know it's tough right now, but what are you expecting? I know your circumstances are messed up, but what are you expecting? It's your determination that will lift your expectation in spite of your situation. And this will free you. I may be disabled right now, but I'm not disqualified because I got it going on on the inside. I expect the great. I will not be defined by my deficiencies, but I will trust in the ability of God to perform beyond the boundaries of my context, to perform beyond my circumstances, those things that are standing around me. So tell me, sister preacher, how do I keep my expectations alive? How do I expect the great? How do I keep what's going on around me from getting in me? Here are three things that I think the text shows us about expectancy. Point number one is that we must understand that timing is everything. Timing is everything. Living in expectancy is not about you getting what you want when you want it. It doesn't work like that. 
It's all about providential timing. It is when you are ready to have what God has for you. Sometimes we don't have enough character to keep us where the blessings of God wants to take us. So God has to work on us before he gives us what, we, what he wants us to have so that we don't run the risk of messing up his glory and making him look bad. So he says, I am going to work on you while I hold your gift. God is saying, you've got to trust in my timing so when I give it to you, you can keep it. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to get us anxious and get us to the point where we get worried because the enemy knows that we walk more by sight than we do by faith. And because it takes us a long time to see what God's saying, we begin to think that God is not going to answer. Am I right? Don't fall asleep on me. (laughs) Not today. Now watch the text. It is so simple because it does not appear to be a part of the exegetical plot. It just seems to be some words moving the story along. It says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. So my question is, where was Bartimaeus when Jesus entered the city? It seems as if Bartimaeus misses Jesus going in, but he caught him on the way out. It's all about timing. Many of us missed Jesus when he went by us the first time. We were too busy trying to fix things ourselves. We were too busy focusing on our circumstances, things that were around us, that we lost our focus on Jesus, who is in us, the author and finisher of our faith. But I'm here to let you know that God is so awesome that he will come back your way a second time. Hallelujah. Yeah, I know I should have caught him the first time he came, but I was not in place. I missed him when he passed my way because I was focusing on, on things. I missed him. And a whole lot of us have missed him because we were not where we should have been. But God is so good that he will cover us where we're not in the place we need to be until we get back where he can bless us. So we need to give God some praise. Hallelujah. Now let's be theological for just a brief moment. Theologically, nothing happens by accident and everything happens by providence. So theologically, I didn't really miss him. It was just not my time yet. That's why I don't have to get upset if you get yours before I get mine. That's why I can keep my expectation alive. I know I didn't miss mine. It was just not my time yet. But when my season comes, when your season comes, you are going to be where you need to be to get what you need to get and to go where you need to go. God is setting it all up. You don't have that job yet, don't get upset. You're not being used in ministry yet, don't get upset. You're still renting, don't get upset. You didn't miss your season, it's just not your time yet. 
You see, in Jericho, there were a lot of miracles being performed, which means some people received their miracle before Barnabas got his. This is where the enemy gets a whole lot of us by making us feel angry about somebody who got theirs and were waiting before they got, and you've been waiting before you got, they got theirs. And why did they get theirs first? But the thing is, when you learn how to celebrate with others who got their deliverance, who got their victory before you did, that's the very thing that will cause God to work on your behalf, cause and effect. So a word of advice, don't hate, congratulate. Ha! Woo. Point number two, don't focus on the things that you've lost, but be thankful for the things you have left. Amen. And then use what you have left to get what you lost. So the text said, when Bartimaeus heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the text didn't say that he saw Jesus because Bartimaeus was blind and he couldn't see. So he had to use what he had left to get back what he lost. So he used his ears and his mouth. So I'm here to comfort you and let you know that God won't let everything fall apart at the same time. God won't let everything fall apart. How many of us can testify to the fact that you've lost this, but you still got that? So instead of throwing pity parties over what you lost, you need to start looking around at all the blessings that you still have left and, and say, God, I lost this, but I thank you for that. God, I lost this, but I thank you for that. God, I lost this, but I thank you for that. Be being faithful over what you've got left and God will help you use what you've got left to take back what you lost. For the Bible says, if you are faithful over a few things, God will make you ruler over many. So let's close this thing out. Expect the great. So we talked about timing is everything. We, we didn't catch him when he went in, but he's got to come back our way. Instead of looking at what you lost, be thankful for what you got left, and then use what you got left to get back what you lost. So here's the final thing, and then we're through. Don't allow your opposition to become an obstacle to your opportunity. Don't allow your opposition to become an obstacle to your opportunity. In other words, know how to handle your haters. Everyone know where haters are, right? Do you, do you all know what haters are? <laughs> people that hate on you people that don't like you people try to destroy you you got to know how to handle them that's their problem <laughs> you see the thing is everybody cannot handle the spiritual elevation in your life please understand that everybody around you is not always with you 
Just because they're around you doesn't mean that they are with you. There are some people who are not spiritually mature enough to celebrate the elevating moments of God in your life. Everybody can't handle you being blessed. They start hating. That's why you have to be discerning about who you share your blessing with. Because everybody's not able to handle what God is up to in your life. You see, they even had haters back in Jesus' day. If you look at the text, it says, Bartimaeus began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. So tell me something. Why is the crowd telling a beggar to be quiet? This is what beggars do. It was because Jesus was passing by. He was in close vicinity to Bartimaeus. So hear me, your greatest opposition comes when you are closer to your opportunity than you have ever been in your life. Trying to help somebody today and we're, we're done. Hallelujah. Your greatest opportunity comes when you are this close to Jesus bringing you into deliverance. Some of you got things happening in your life, coming against you in ways that they've never come before. And I'm here to tell you today that the only reason the enemy is raising the stake is because you are closer to your blessing than you have ever been in your life. So expect the great, you are this close to your healing. You are this close to your deliverance. You are this close to your breakthrough. You are this close to your anointing. You are this close to your blessing. Do you know what you will do when you get closer to ever to your liberation? You will holler louder. <laughs> do I have anyone in here? that can say, I am too close to shut my mouth now. Every day! <laughs> I am too close to shut my mouth now. I've come through too much hell to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to holler louder. I need some hollerers in here. Somebody who knows that you are this close to your miracle. You've got to holler. Hallelujah! Sometimes in your prayer time, you just got to cry 
out to God. God, I need you now. Hallelujah. Heal my son. Heal my daughter. I need you, Father. Hallelujah. You got to, don't worry about who's around. Because when you're in need of a miracle, you let it all loose. You don't care. I just want to be healed. I just want to be set free. I'm going to do what I need to do. And the text tells us if we holler louder, Jesus will stand still. So I need Jesus to stand still. So I'm going to holler louder until he stands still. Don't be afraid to holler louder. I know we're used to being quiet. But sometimes things hurt you so bad that you just need to let it out. Good therapy. We can't keep it all bottled in. We got to get it out. So you've got to expect the the great. You see, Bartimaeus expected to receive his sight. He envisioned it and he prepared for it. Expect the great. Bartimaeus didn't let his circumstances, the things that were standing around him, dictate his destiny. Those things did not get into his spirit and cause him to miss his deliverance. So just live a life of expectancy regardless of your circumstances. You must put your trust in God and know that God is in control. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for letting us know that we should have greater expectations. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting us know that timing isn't everything, that timing is everything, Father, that we must be able to wait patiently for you, for you know the perfect time that you have prepared for our deliverance. God, we know that we should not complain about those things that we lost, But we should be grateful for the things that we have left. And then you will allow us to use what we've got left to get back what we lost. God, we thank you for letting us know that we've got to holler louder. That we should not let our haters stop us. We should let no one stop us from doing what we need to do to get to you. So God, we will holler louder to get your attention for you to look on us and watch over us. So we thank you for letting us know to expect the great. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.